Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me, your host. We are a podcast designed for startups, entrepreneurs, accelerators, incubators, also the family offices, uh, investors, VCs, and angels who are most interested in, in, uh, in those founders. Um, and we are delighted today to be joined by Courtney Presto. She happens to be the CEO and founder of the company called Presto. Uh, how would you describe Presto in a, in a nutshell, in a sentence, Courtney? So Presto is the first and only social media platform that pays every single one of our content creators. Um, we are monetizing artists with absolutely no barrier to entry. Um, what's really unique about us is that you can sign up and start earning money right away. Um, and we're really proud to support content creators in 22 different countries. Okay, that's great. Now, we have to, I have to ask you, because I know the answer to this. Um, you have a company that is named after you, but that was only after you had another name and then tested about 30 different names and everybody loved your name. Yeah, that's true. Um, so our original name of our company was called Voice, V-O-Y-C-E. Um, and so we launched our product and we had, we've been in the market for several months. We were doing partnerships with influencers and they were tagging the wrong accounts on Instagram and our other social media. Um, and a lot of people couldn't remember the name. We had horrible SEO. Um, so we decided to rebrand and we tested like 20 or 30 different options like fire, hype, um, vibe, viber. Like we had like so many, truly so many. Um, and Presto won by far by a lot because the pitch was like, Presto, you're instantly a content creator. You're instantly a paid artist. Um, and nobody knew it was my last name. And I didn't really want to name it after myself. But here we are. <laughs> this will ultimately make you famous. But, but you know, yeah. it's funny about it's, I, had a, uh, I was one of the first companies I started working with in the startup space had an unpronounceable company name. I mean, literally, like, you couldn't pronounce it. Um, and I said, uh, and they had a video compression software. And I tried to uh, convince them to change their name to Presto. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, I failed. But thank you for uh, confirming that this is a great name that they should have taken because uh, it's a great, great idea. Now, your company is very interesting. Um, Hidden beneath this, I'm going to actually cut to what I think is the chase with, with Presto, among other things, because there are a lot of, you put a lot of interesting elements together, um, including sort of um, the ability to vote and tokenize and so on. But one of the things has to do with your background, and you come from the ad tech business at Disney, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Um, um, I... Yeah, tell us what you did there. So I spent the first uh, majority of my career doing um, product and market research for Disney and their advanced ad tech department. Um, so basically doing specialized research on platform monetization in the streaming space. Um, so for Twitch, for Hulu, for ABC, A&E, Lifetime, NBC, a bunch of other um, associate uh, streaming platforms and publishers that they work with, um, researching what is the most efficient and um, 
um, like positive user experience to monetize their platforms. Um, like I said, in a, in a more efficient way, because we all know about commercials, like it's, you know, ads have been around forever. Um, but really, like the idea with Presto is that less ads is actually better. If you can get users in a space where they're consuming a small amount of ads, but every time you're interacting with an ad, it's a very high quality impression. Ultimately, it's a better user experience because users aren't bombarded with ads the same way that they are on Instagram. If you're scrolling on Instagram, you'll see every five or six post is an ad. Um, they get high impressions, but very low engagement. And it's really hard to stand out in that environment. Um, but what we've done on Presto is we've made users have actually be able to consent to watching ads. Um, so on Presto, there are no ads really anywhere. There's no ads on the feed. There's no ads like in any screens. Like we don't actually ever show you ads unless you as the user go and seek them out with the understanding that you're consenting to watch this ad and you're watching it in exchange for um, basically us rewarding you for your attention and your engagement. And so, you're, in a sense, you're you're getting paid to watch the ad, which we'll get to in just just a moment. But before we jump, uh, you're such a good spokesperson for Presto. It's hard for me to keep you off the subject. But um, what did you learn in studying all of that advertising technology and different approaches at Disney? So that's a real opportunity, really a great opportunity, probably an unprecedented opportunity, at least in the near term. What did you learn? Oh my God, that is, I'm such a good question. I don't think I can summarize it in, in just a quick sentence or two. Um, well, I think- This is a podcast, <laughs> we have time. You can actually, I'm not looking for you to summarize it. I want you to tell us in detail. So I think the first thing I learned, I learned a lot about advertising trends in the industry and how these huge brands worked because I interfaced directly with hundreds of tier one advertisers. So your Nikes, your Home Depots, your Macy's, like talking to these clients and kind of like what their strategies are, how they're marketing themselves in the digital environment. Um, and a huge strategy that everybody's using right now is called spray and pray advertising. Um, and it's basically this idea that we know on the general internet that there are a ton of bots and, uh, you know, like 20 to 25% on the low end of your impressions go to either unview people who aren't viewing, um, or directly to bots. So this idea of spray and pray advertising is let's use a ton of really low quality, low value impressions that are inexpensive. You can buy them in bulk. You can, you know, buy like millions of them for pretty cheap. Understanding that probably a lot of them are definitely not going to hit our consumers, but probably won't even hit people. Um, but having this huge presence online uh, with lots of lots of impressions, that's why like if you go online, you'll see like the same Best Buy ad like a 100,000 times and it ends up being so annoying. Um, so so it's, it's kind of like a really outdated um, strategy because now there's so many ad products that do um, try to prioritize attention and engagement um, off of social. There's actually no no ad products that do that on social, but like, that's what Disney was doing. And so they were kind of revolutionizing the advertising industry, um, 
in that way. Um, I think the other thing that I found really interesting is it's not necessarily related to ad products, but it, it's more of an ad strategy finding. Um, we as advertising professionals underestimate the importance of sequential messaging. Um, so campaigns that include sequential messaging are at the bare minimum three times more likely to drive cross funnel lift from awareness through intent. Um, and really the reason is, and, and that's even true when you look. So I looked at um, one campaign that just had one creative, one campaign that had um, like one creative with multiple, like a very high frequency, um, one creative with intentional um, sequential messaging. So that is like story A and then story B. Um, and then another creative that had, or sorry, another campaign that had two creatives, but they weren't intentionally sequential. Um, and the intentionally sequential creative was three times higher than the second most effective creative, um, which was the the two two different um, creatives that were not intentionally sequential. Define sequential for us. So that would be like, um, you start telling the story in ad one, and then in the second ad, you finish that story or you, you expand it into, um, it, it's, you know, kind of takes like more of the creative, more of the narrative, more of the storytelling aspects of advertising that really resonates with consumers. They like to see, they, they don't actually mind interacting with a brand multiple times, but they get very bored very quickly if those impressions aren't intentional, the second impression that they spend with the brand. Um, I don't know if that's making sense, but it's, yeah, it's basically... It is, it is. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, so, it's basically this idea of allowing brands to tell their story, to start a story and then finish telling it at a later point in time, basically. So how did you take all of this experience, all of these findings, these interesting things you were you were privy to, and uh, how are they reflected in Presto? Now, the last time we spoke, not long ago, you had about 8,000 users. Is that still the case? Is are you still around that number? Yeah, we have uh, uh, like 9,000, but still around that number. Yeah. Okay. So what did you learn and how did you put it to work? So um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but I'm a content creator myself. Um, I work, this was true before Presto. I actually went to USC. I have two degrees, one in um, as a BFA in film production, and the other is a computer science engineering degree. Um, and so really when I was working at Disney, this was truly the intersection of my two passions, was using technology in a very narrative way, but using the data data-driven insights that I could glean to be creative and tell a story. Um, and from that, you know, I was doing all of this research and I realized that, yeah, this is true for the streaming space and it, it is working really well for the streaming space, but nobody is doing this in social for the application of being able to monetize small content creators. As a small content creator myself, I'm not someone who is necessarily seeking fame. I don't necessarily want to have a million Instagram followers and do brand deals. I just like to shoot content because I like to shoot content. I like to collab with my friends, but 
I don't necessarily want to make that a full-time career. And, you know, I, talking to my peers, I realized that there is a huge opportunity to bring this to other people like me, people who want to be content creators, but don't necessarily want to invest the crazy time, you know, and, and money that it takes. It usually takes content creators six months to make their first dollar um, and that's, that's the minimum. Like it, it can take people much longer if they ever do end up getting monetized because that path to monetization is so difficult. So tell us how you create the path to monetization for creators. So it's actually built into our platform, um, which is, it, it's only pretty much true for Presto. It's, there's no real path to monetization that is built into Instagram. Um, on Instagram, large creators will grow their audience. So they have, you know, this like huge, you know, desirable audience. And then they do the legwork to make partnerships with brands who would like to work with them. Um, that's a huge undertaking. Most people actually hire agents to do it because that in and of itself could be a full-time job of sending emails, you know, and you also as a creator have to care about your brand safety. Um, you're oftentimes not making content that is aligned with your artistic vision. Um, it's to beat the algorithm or it's to make this brand, make me desirable to this brand or to gain more followers in a certain demographic. Um, and what I'm talking about is a platform for artists. This is not really a platform for people who, you know, on Instagram, like want to kind of do this, like be chasing the algorithm, like working with the system type energy. Like this is for the creators who feel like, you know, I, I, I consult and I work with influencers and, and they always talk to me about how they feel like their creativity is kind of dying or they're selling out in this way when they're search seeking traditional monetization methods. On Presto, the monetization is built in. So it's and, and it's kind of similar to YouTube where YouTube pays content creators directly. But unlike YouTube, on YouTube you get paid when someone views your content. On Presto, you get paid uh, based on how much someone likes your content. Um, and you as a user can like a piece of content as many times as you want. So now we've opened opened up monetization to creators that have five followers. 10 followers. It really doesn't, you could have the smallest audience, but if your audience is highly engaged with you, you can still make um, reliable supplemental income on our platform. And that is really the purpose of Presto. That is like the heart and soul and the real objective that we're trying to capture. So, so tell us uh, a big part of that is what you call vibes, which on other platforms are more like likes, but what's the difference between a vibe and a like? Um, so a like is binary. Do you like something or do you not like it? Um, on Instagram, it's your double tap. You can only like something once. Um, and you know, there's like a lot of internet culture about liking or, or disliking something. And when I was designing Presto, I knew that the way that we had to interact with content, it had to be different. It could not be a like. Vibes are an in-app currency, but it's really a social currency. Um, and it, it tells you, like I said before, it tells you how much you like something. But in our lexicon, it's how much are you vibing with this? Like, I'm really vibing with this artist. I think it's cool. Um, I want to interact with this person. I want to stand out. Um, so I'm going to give them like a 100,000 vibes, put myself at the top of their list, 
And maybe they'll shout me out in a post or maybe they'll shout me out in another comment. Um, so it really gives the opportunity for users to like super fan um, over the people that they really follow. Um, and it gives content creators the opportunity to engage with a smaller audience that really loves them. Um, so there's like a general internet philosophy. I did not come up with this, um, but I, I very much vibe with it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a strategy that I use in, in my um, consultation um, relationships with my influencers, which is that if you're, you know, creating content, you really want to be creating content for your first 1000 fans. It doesn't matter how big your audience is. You want to be creating content for the people who will follow you everywhere, who support you no matter what. Um, and you know, who resonate with the content that you're posting, who vibe with you, if you will. And so Presto is predicated on this idea that you can monetize that small 1000 followers. You can't do that on other platforms. There's no way to like scale up a number that's not scalable. So, okay. So walk us through this. So somebody gets a creator gets on your, let's say an artist, a graphic artist gets on your (laughs) platform starts to put stuff, starts to post, I assume. And um, users start to, first of all, how do they get vibes? Vibes are, I guess they get a certain number of vibes when they join, but how how do vibes work? Yeah, so um, unlike on likes, you technically have an unlimited number of likes. You can give likes to every post on Instagram if you wanted to. Um, Vibes are a currency, so you earn them and you spend them. You earn them by watching uh, watching ads, by buying them outright from the app store, um, or by referring your friends. Um, and and so basically, you you earn them by doing these you know like high value actions to us, and then you can give those two vibes to content creators to pay them. So the implication is that really what you're doing is I'm letting our users determine how we allocate our creator fund. I don't want to make those decisions the same way that YouTube does. YouTube makes that decision. They look at every creator and say, I'm going to pay you this much. I'm going to pay you that much. I'm going to pay you this much. And ultimately, it creators perceive that as being very unfair. Look at the lawsuits of the LGBTQ creators who are suing YouTube. I think there's nine... Uh, there, there's either nine or 12 of them that are suing YouTube right now for, you know, unfair discrimination uh, based on monetization. I don't want to make those choices. I think that it's better to empower my audience to choose who gets monetized on my platform. And that's essentially what Vibes allows our audience to do. So just to follow the chain, follow the currency. So I give a thousand Vibes to a creator I really like. How... Does that turn into money for the creator? 5,000 vibes is $1. Um, So you can, so if if you gave 5,000 vibes to my post, that's instantly going into my bank account. Um, We're partnered with Stripe. And so we have, um, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's very similar to Venmo. If you've ever used Venmo, it's like Mm -hmm. you have your Presto balance. It's in us dollars and you can just transfer it to your bank account as soon as you accumulate more than $2. So the vibes sort of automatically turn into dollars. Yep. And okay. So um, what, who is the, give us an idea of the creator who has, 
turn this into some actual money and how much money? So you'd be surprised because on other platforms, the creators that, you know, turn their followers into money are the ones that are, you know, very like, like have the biggest audience. They're posting for the lowest common denominator. Our creators who are, have the highest like monetization rate, if you, that's what you want to call it, um, yeah. are our creators with around, um, between like 3000 or sorry, 300 and a thousand followers because their audience is small enough for them to have a personal relationship with every single person that they follow. Um, they are really creating meaningful moments of engagement with everybody who vibes with them. So if someone's commenting on their post, they're replying, they're vibing with the people who comment with them. They're shouting people out They're They have a very, it, it's a two-way relationship that you don't get to have when you have a larger audience. When you have a very small audience, you can have like you can really cater your content to be very specific and direct. Um, our users who have you know that small following range are cashing out a um, hundred to three hundred dollars a month, sometimes as much as a thousand. Um, it, but it really depends. How much are you posting? How much are you engaging your audience? Those are our are, are two um, like main driving factors. And uniquely, our discovery algorithm does not care about your followers and it does not care about your historical performance. It only cares whether you are posting original content. If we feel confident that you're posting original content, we will boost you in the discovery algorithm. Um, and then from there, we let our users decide if it should be highly discoverable or not. Um, and so having a very engaged audience means that your posts will show up on their following feed and they'll engage with you enough to boost you in the discovering algor so discovery kind of algorithm. Uh, what kind of creators are on the platform? So we have a lot of travel influencers. That was actually the first um, like demographic or, or like content, I guess, type um, of influencer that we partnered with. Because when you think about travel, it is a huge overhead cost. You know, you're paying for these tickets to, you know, exotic countries, museums, the hotels, whatever. Um, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily difficult for those creators to monetize, but the small aspiring influencers who are the ones that we're catering towards, they're definitely not monetized yet. And so we help them actually offset the cost of their, you know, influencer business. Um, so we have lots of travel influencers on there right now. Um, we also have a, like a, a good, um, like mommy community. There's, um, kind of a trend of, of mom influencers who are women who kind of post tips about caring for their kids, tips about, you know, um, like just mom life in general, how to reduce stress. So we have a, a nice mom culture. Um, we also have a small deaf community on our app, which is really cool. Um, we have, you know, creators doing tutorials for sign language. Um, we have creators just talking about their daily lives. And I, I think that's so interesting. So really excited to see that kind of pop up totally randomly. Yeah, that, that is exciting. So you, as I want you to go back, put your uh, ad tech hack bat, hat back on, because you have some interesting ideas about how to um, uh, raise the CPM or lower the CPM. So how do you do that? How does that work? Yes. So that goes back into what I was saying of creating an environment with um, 
a, a very small amount of ads, but those ads being very high quality. Uh, because right now the CPM, the average CPM is very low. Um, it depends on the medium, but on Facebook it is around six to seven dollars per impre or per thousand impressions, um, which is very, very low. And that is because those impressions are very low quality. An impression is defined as 50% of the pixels in screen um, for one to two seconds. So if you can imagine a flash of an image, I'm not guaranteeing that I even see the name of your brand. I might not even know what this ad is about. I might, it might not have even loaded for me at all. Um, and then to take an aside, I would love to just talk about YouTube ads for a second because YouTube ads, the skippable ones are self-selecting attention, like attention paying people out of the experience. So I, you know the ads I'm talking about, right? The skippable ads, right? I am so glad you brought that up because <laughs> I have been watching a lot of YouTube lately and <clears throat> I feel like the next time I have to skip an ad, I'm going to kill myself because, <laughs> because they, 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 you know, I hate these businesses, though I like YouTube, I hate these businesses that, that are basically built on tricking you. And here's what I mean. So uh, when you get the first ad, when you sign on, it allows you to skip after four or five seconds, I think five seconds. Um, and I do. And then the next ad that comes on, you can't, it doesn't let you skip. But it, what it says is um, something like programming will resume after the ad, which is not true because you have to then watch another ad. Right. So they've, they've tricked you into watching two ads. And then if you switch from one video to another, a lot of times you'll have to watch another ad. So it's like this constant um, tug of war between like, here's what I really want to watch. And you're making me watch this stuff I don't want to watch. And I guess it's better that they allow you to skip, but they don't consistently allow you to skip. That's sort of like a teaser. That's sort of to give you the impression that you're skipping a lot of their ads when really you're not. You're getting most of their ads. Anyway. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think the advertiser pays more when you skip that impression or when you watch that impression? I would think when you watch it, of course. Right. So now think about it this way. You are sitting in front of your computer or your TV and you are paying attention to the screen and you skip it. That would have been a very high quality impression because I know with certainty that you have your remote in your hand, you're paying attention to the screen prompts, and you this would be like what is an attentive impression. Instead of showing you an ad, you're skipping that ad. And I, as the advertiser, am paying when people don't skip, which is when they're out of the room or they're listening on their phone in the background or they're, you know, not paying attention to the screen. Maybe they're having a conversation or maybe yeah. there's, you know, something else happening in the room. So like the this idea that you're, that you're sure. skipping ads and you're not paying for the ads that you skip, but you are paying for the ads when people watch it passively is ridiculous to me. I mean, that is the opposite of what these advertisers want. They want to know that the person watching their ad is paying attention and YouTube is guaranteeing that they're showing your ad to people who are not paying attention. I don't understand that. So on Presto, we've done the exact opposite. Instead of 
of um, like basically you're incentivized to skip on on YouTube. We're incentivizing you to watch the ad. So it's it's basically instead of having like negative feedback, which was what you would have on YouTube, um, we're giving you like a positive response. Um, we know at the time of the impression when someone opts into the ad, we know they're paying attention and we're not, we're only on mobile. So we so know they, this. They have to opt into the ad. Yes. So ipso facto, they are paying more attention. They've sort of asked to see it. So it is the opposite. And then they get paid in vibes, right? Yes. Which is the currency of, of, uh, of Presto. Yes. So we, we are, um, uh, forgive me. We are just about out of time. Um, that went uh, by so quickly. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I'll be honest with you, Courtney. Um, that went by quickly for me too, because normally, uh, full disclosure, I have to, you know, um, not all interviews are easy and I have usually have a very close sense of like where we are in the interview, like how much time has gone by, how much time is left. And uh, in this interview, I didn't look up until the 15 minute mark. So that's about, you know, that shows my attention span was high. Um, so we've, yes, I, I think it's been very interesting and you're, you're, you're terrific. You look, you know, you're, you're coming to us from Happy Valley, Pennsylvania at your home. I want to point that out. And you look, um, you seem very childlike, but you seem to know more about this than anybody else. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I look very young and I definitely hope I look young until I die. Yeah, may, <laughs> may, may we all be, be that lucky. But, but listen, um, where can people sign up for Presto? Um, so you can find us at presto.social, H-T-T-P-S, presto.social. It's not .com, it's .social. Um, and you can also find us on Instagram at presto.social. If you search us on either app store, we're on either app store, search us Presto. You could also search Presto Social. Um, yeah, and you know, I hope everybody watching this or at least a subset will download it and enjoy being a paid content creator. Yeah, so so interesting, such a different model and uh, really innovative and comes out of your this background that's both film at USC and computer engineering and all this work with Disney ads. So. Uh, great job so far. Thank you, Courtney. It's uh, great to know you and uh, uh, really delighted to have you on the accelerator today. Oh, Michael, thank you so much. I just wanted to extend gratitude for such a wonderful and amazing conversation and the opportunity to appear here. I was truly looking forward to this for the whole week that we scheduled it. So I really appreciate it. And I just wanted to extend my gratitude. Thank you. Well, if it's amazing, it's because of you. So well, well done. <laughs> Um, this is The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. You can find me on Twitter at Michael Conniff, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-N-N-I-F-F. My website is michaelconniff.com. Also, you can find this podcast um, on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Audible, uh, Amazon, down the line, at least 10 or 12 of them at last count, and also on YouTube. So please rate us, subscribe to us, and uh, by all means, let us know how you feel. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Courtney Presto of Presto. And thanks to all of you for listening to The Accelerator. We'll be back again with another podcast before you know it.